and hello, hello, welcome to episode five of the Gay Racing Podcast. This is the second time. Take two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> we record, so we normally record on Tuesdays, right? And we did. Um, among other issues, because we had like I had the audio levels all fucked up. I had um, my voice in the completely wrong channel. So then when I lo- opened the recording, the there I didn't see it. There's no there's no my voice. It was just Alex talking. And as lovely as Alex is. Just a podcast with just him talking and you can't hear me. That wouldn't be good. So. No. I'd just be having a conversation with myself. It sounded really so. funny. I listened to it for a minute and then you're just like not talking. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> so oh, I should include that in the blooper reel. Uh, oh um, my god. That's funny. So... But the good side of this is a lot of silly season news came out from the time oh, we recorded to the time we were re-recording. Like um, on Tuesday, we found out Alex Bowman's going to the forty-eight car, as you all probably already know, uh, and that might have caught some people off guard because they expected like a completely new driver to take over the forty-eight. But as we discussed, but you and I are smart. Yes, because and figured it out earlier. Yeah, so because it's rumored that Kyle Larson is going to be the fourth Hendrick driver next year, um, virtually kind of replacing Jimmy Johnson, even though it's technically Alex Bowman. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, but me and Alex were like, well, why the hell will Ally sponsor Kyle Larson, who just said the N word for like 36 races? Like, that doesn't make sense to us. Like, I think. Right. Biggest problem with Kyle Larson back in NASCAR is going to be sponsorship. I don't know how big of a problem it will be, but I think that's the biggest thing keeping him back, obviously, at this point. Um, and that can mm-hmm. go down to, like, Chevrolet's support as well. Like, does Chevrolet want Kyle Larson back in a bow tie? Um, but we'll discuss more on that later. So, Alex Bowman's going to the 48. We don't know who's going to the 400 card just yet. So, like, the 88 team, basically. We don't know if they'll even stay the 88. I'm kind of hoping they rebrand it to the 5 car, or maybe the 57, if it's Larson. because the 25. I'm not a big fan of the 25, if I'm honest, but I wouldn't be mad. I feel like it's going to be the 5 or the 25. I, it'd be cool if they did 57, though. That's Kyle's personal number. Yeah, he uses that in dirt racing a lot. Um, and they have used it before. They've used it before, yeah. They used it in the Bush series for... I think they did it for, like, because Heinz sponsored them, and that's, like, their number for some reason, so... Um, it looks pretty good in Hendrick font, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, hell yeah, like, why not? And that'd be kind of a good rebrand if Larson comes back, but... And, you know, Larson... It's kind of rebranding himself. He put out that letter and everything. Yeah. Um, if you missed week. it, he Kyle Larson, he put out like a blog post detailing kind of, I guess, like the learning he's been. I don't like saying it like that, but like, I don't know. I guess just what he has to say as of now. Um, he's been doing what it seems to be a bit of a reflecting. I'm trying to open it, but it's not working on my computer uh <laughs> uh oh wait now there it is okay um 
Yeah, like, he was talking about how he visited the Urban Youth Racing School, which, according to this blog, it exposes kids, many of whom are black, to opportunities in motorsports. Number one, I find that really cool, and I want to do more research on it, because we need more of that in the motorsports world. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I think we need that for, like, maybe, like, women, women racers, like, young women in motorsports, I feel like, because I think... I feel like it's like just... NASCAR's NASCAR's drive for diversity never really has a woman in it. It's I... mainly just like yeah, it's guys, but mm-hmm. they're like people of color, which yeah. is fine. But yeah, still. and it, it makes sense because the thing about women in motorsports it goes all the way down. Because if a little girl's like, "Oh, I want to be a race car driver," her parents could be like, mm, "Well, that's kind of a guy thing." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that's why you don't see a lot. And at every level, um, you definitely see more at low levels than you do um, the higher levels. But as of 2020, women in motorsports are always treated very differently. Um, hopefully, I can get someone on the podcast that's like a woman that's like in motorsports right now, like whatever series they're in, because I. I would want to know like their perspective because I know, mm-hmm. like I know even Haley Deegan. There was one incident with Joe Graff Jr. where it's like Joe Graff's spotter was like, "Don't let that girl pass you," like it just Uh-oh. using disrespectful language like that on the radio. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Danica Patrick, Bubba Wallace have probably faced more barriers than anyone else that has ever uh, sat yeah had in a NASCAR Cup Series mm-hmm. car in the past. That's like twenty years at least. I would imagine people before that even worse but yeah i agree to that it's been pretty been pretty rough like and we talked about this in a previous episode like as if you're not a white man in nascar and you do something wrong you get like even more criticized for it because it just seems it just seems easy to pile on um it's like that subtle casual like racism and sexism Mm. but Mm -hmm. um I wonder if a gay driver ever comes along, what's gonna... I feel like we're gonna see a similar thing. Because, like, people... I think I think you're gonna see a driver come out someday. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that'll be. Um, but it's gonna be similar to the reaction that Bubba Wallace yeah. got for standing up for yeah. justice and everything. And I think it's gonna be very similar to that. People aren't gonna care, necessarily. Like, oh, they like him, but, you know... Then he's gonna stand up and say, I'm gay. And like yeah. we should do these things for LGBT people. And people are gonna lose their shit. Oh my god. So, that's basically what Lewis Hamilton has that's done. My bet. Like Lewis Hamilton, yeah. he's done more I than just say, yeah. Lewis Good Yeah. Comparison with him too. Because Lewis Hamilton, he advocates for more than just like Black Lives Matter. He advocates for environmental change. Um, I know he's a supporter of LGBT rights, including trans rights. He's and but people every time he says that people are like well just focus on driving the car honey he has been focusing on driving the car have you not seen the last like 10 years in formula one like what <laughs> if you want him to focus more like no one else is ever gonna win girl like <laughs> girl damn like let him, if i were you let him keep talking damn like <laughs> shit he gonna be late for the the mercedes meeting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be 
be interesting to see the, the reception when Kyle Larson does come back. Um, I'm really like, you know, we're both white guys, so, you know, we can't speak too much on the topic, uh, like for in terms of forgiveness, I feel, and like yeah. the impacts it has done for black community. Um, but I do one thing I just really hope Kyle Larson does is that he condemns the newfound fan base he has who only like him because he said the no no word. Yeah. So period. Yeah. I if he he's done more than I thought he he would with this uh thing he has said and come out and speaking out what he's been doing. Mm -hmm. Um I thought he was just going to come back and say, I'm back. Nothing happened. Yeah, just pretend um, like that didn't happen. And I, I really thought yeah. that was going to happen, too. Yeah. So, props to him for that, mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens when it's announced where he's going in 2021. Uh, yeah, I think, because I think when we first recorded, I feel like I overstepped a little bit as a white person talking about this, because as a Kyle Larson fan, I think there's, like, part of me that really wants to, like, not play the victim, but feel like I have something to do with this when really I, I don't like, I think he's, st I still feel like he let me down initially. Um, and I think I may have been too hard on him, but again, I'm a white mm -hmm. person. It's like, I feel like my judgment in the situation is so clouded. And now I'm like kind of at the point where I'm okay with him coming back. Um, but again, like, mm -hmm. of course I am like, <laughs> <laughs> like all he did was i mean i don't i'm i'm not here to support a racist driver so when he first said like the n-word i it it really disappointed me it really made me upset because mm -hmm. there's just no way i can and i like i he was kind of my role model like not really i feel like i'm old enough to where role models aren't really like a thing in my life like i just kind of i kind of model myself after other things than like my favorite race car driver well, he, well kyle meant a lot to you and still does mean a lot yeah. to you. you've talked about this a lot um and you know you got to meet him and everything mm -hmm. and people are still telling you that you don't even you've never even liked him i don't think you ever liked him in the first place zach <laughs> <laughs> you were the number one one Kyle Larson fan. I felt but, like it. I don't know who else else like Kyle Larson until <laughs> after he said the N-word. Honestly, no one else talked about him yeah. except you. Like, so, <laughs> like, it's like, who are all you people? Like, otherwise, people were just being like, oh yeah, Chase Elliott's better than Kyle Larson. Like, number one, no one asked. Number two, mm -hmm. Kyle Larson finished better than him in points, but that's none of my business. <laughs> 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 Yikes. Anyways, um, I ain't here to discuss Kyle Larson versus Chase Elliott. The fact is, only one of them still racing right now. So, <laughs> they both have their flaws. <laughs> but, um, we're going to talk more about Kyle Larson, but we're, I'm trying to invite someone on the podcast for next week. Um, he wrote an article about Larson. His name is. Mark Wiley, if you want to look him up on Twitter, he wrote a nice article on Larson, um, and he's a person of color, so his perspective, I think, I think he has a pretty good perspective on it, um, he makes a lot of good points, uh, a lot of them I feel the same way, but, mm -hmm. again, I'm a white person, like, it's, it's different, 
So go I'm check that out. To have him on the, I'm excited to have him on the podcast in general. Yeah. His articles are very fun to read. He's a really good follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a good episode next week. And he don't give a fuck sometimes. He really don't. No, he don't. He does he not don't. give a fuck. He'd be pissing off Twitter. I respect that. It's all... <laughs> listen, some people, I feel like... Some people are Noah Greggs and they're like, wow, well, why do y'all hate someone with a personality so much? And then <laughs> someone on Twitter that's oh, man. like makes a good point but pisses everyone off they're like wow you're such a cancelist or whatever I don't, I don't know i don't even know what i'm talking about it's just like if you want if you want people with personality you gotta accept all of it like all sides of that coin yeah but that's that is what it is so that's kyle larson um in terms of, if he comes back to Hendrick, I'm more interested in this from the design of a car standpoint, because I think, Ooh, I yeah. want, I, if he comes back with Hendrick, the number 57 would be really cool, in my opinion, just for like the rebranding sake. Yeah, it'd be a whole new brand. Like, the only driver I really know of in the 57 is Brian Vickers. Yeah. That's all I associate that number with. He got um, issues of his own at the moment. And I guess I, I think Kyle Bush I think Kyle Bush drove it at a time or two, but mainly yeah. Brian Vickers for me. So I don't know. I think that'd be really I think that'd be a good move. I don't know if it's the move they're going to make though. Yeah. We'll see. I think it's likely he'll either be in the five I don't think the eighty eight's coming back. We talked about this on Tuesday. Um but No, I really don't either. Like that's Dale Jr.'s thing. I think after Nationwide left, it's like there was very little pressure to keep the number eighty eight. Um, and yes, it's nationwide's the one who wanted it. So. Yeah, and honestly, if Dale Junior. If Dale Junior. ever wants to do a one-off in a cup race, he has his own race team. Like, leave that number eighty-eight open for yeah. him because that's his number at this point. Like, um, but yeah, I think the five is the most likely, but the fifty-seven would be cool. A lot of people want the twenty-five. Again, I don't care about the twenty-five. It's kind of dumb. And it's, it would be weird with having the 24 car because they're just so close. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think 5, 9, 24, 48, that's just really good. It is really good. Yeah. I think that's the best number lineup they can have. Mm-hmm. I think Chase Elliott being in the 9 car is a little, like, weird still because the font is so different. But, like, it is what it is. And it's Could like. They... I highly doubt this would happen. But could they bring back the 44? They had the 44 for a while, too. Bro, who? The 44? No, you're right, with Terry Labani. I was like, who the fuck's the 44 car? Yeah, Terry Lab- <laughs> I, was, yeah, I, have I have that die cast, too. I have that die cast. When they brought in Kyle Busch and Casey yeah. Mears in the 5, they had Terry go to the 44. I have the die cast of... I his. highly doubt it. But... I have the Cornflakes 44 car. It's all beat up, I, but I have it. I think I do too. Yeah, I didn't know what it was though. I didn't realize it was Terry Labani. Like, <laughs> it just didn't click in my head. I was like, "Oh, a Hendrick car, cool." I only knew it was a Hendrick car because of the Quaker State logo on it. That's a good sign. Yeah. Um, good old Terry Labani, Texas Terry. Love him. Um. But that's Hendrick. Um, I really want to, in, in terms of sponsorship, too, if Larson comes back, we talked about it, it's the biggest hurdle for him. Um, I don't, because Bowman's had, 
not sponsorship troubles, but most of this season's been sponsored by like Chevrolet and Chevrolet accessories, yeah. which is like kind of like the diet unsponsored. Like when the manufacturer sponsors you, it's like mm-hmm. like low key you're kind of unsponsored at that point. Um, like he's been sponsored by Valvoline a couple times, um, a Cronus, but the, and a Lumar. I think those have just kind of been like one in the four races, though. Yeah, so they have like four races. Who's like the main sponsor? Yeah, like Valvoline was like, all right, give us the, give us, give us Daytona, give us Talladega, give us the Roval. Um, that's it. <laughs> all, all the races that matter. <laughs> well, give us the spotlight, but we ain't giving y'all any more money than that. <laughs> um, I really actually warmed up to Alex Bowman's like Chevrolet accessories cars. I warmed up to them a lot. Yeah, I did too. I I didn't like it at first. Yeah, I, I think, like it now. I can kind of see Larson in that. I don't know. Maybe. That number five, the five font, will look really good on yeah, that scheme. You're right. Um, I wonder if they'll bring back yellow numbers. I don't think they will, though. I think that's just going to be... I don't know. Do you want Alex Bowman to have yellow numbers next year? Well... I mean, they kind of dropped it when they had Byron go there, but then people got mad, so they brought him back. So I feel like they're going to do the same thing. When Byron went um, to the 24? They're gonna try... or Yeah. Or, no, when Chase, Chase Elliott, went yeah. to the 24. Sorry. I forgot Chase is in the 24. Yeah, I think that kind of made sense. Um, because yeah, it was, like, they... directly following Jeff Gordon. Yeah. I think they're probably going to go, like, white numbers or something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they'll do purple or black, like, if it's ally. Yeah. But... I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I don't really care if it's yellow numbers. That's kind of just more of a Hendrick thing. But it's kind of become yeah. a Jimmy Johnson, yeah, Jeff Gordon thing. The, the problem is Hendrick. Like they only left the yellow branding with Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon. So yeah. now that they're gone, it's like it's kind of weird. Um, and I I love paint schemes. I design paint schemes. That's why I love talking about this kind of stuff. It's like. Uh, Noah Sweet made a Lefty Designs. I keep calling him Noah Sweet. Lefty Designs made a like kind of an interesting concept for the forty-eight because it has yellow numbers, but he like included a yellow splitter and like, like a yellow spoiler on it. The problem is mm-hmm. apparently, as of like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, you're no longer allowed to paint the splitter in NASCAR. Oh, the... really? Is that why they don't do that anymore? Uh, yeah. Apparently, that's dumb. It's so dumb because yellow splitters were my favorite thing growing up. Like I thought they were so cool. That's, I love Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon's cars. They always had the yellow splitters, the yellow numbers. They looked so fucking cool. And I think they can replicate. That can easily be replicated today. Noah Sweet was hitting it with his one like ally yeah. design. But that's such a good scheme that he made too. Yeah, as always, it's got like. NASCAR! Why? <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> like, I think, I wonder if it's because of the playoff markers. Oh, you know what? I bet. That's probably it. But that's so dumb. But they don't do that anymore. Well, they kind of do. Like, with the spoiler and with Xfinity and trucks, they still do. I don't know. I think for the playoff markers, because this year they're kind of, they're very subtle. Like, you can barely tell. I think they should have done a white spoiler, maybe a white splitter. The, I think they need to do white because it doesn't clash with other colors. Like, some mm. cars, like, Joey Logano's car looks fucking stupid with monster green on it. 
it just, yeah, I didn't like the green. And the it's, yellow was fine with Sprint, yeah. in my opinion. And but. it ruins diecasts, in my opinion. Because, like, my Chase Elliott gold diecast that you got from me, I love that mm -hmm. paint scheme. But it looks mm -hmm. so stupid with the playoff green on it. I think it has it on it. I think. Does it? I don't remember that. It does. In, in NASCAR <laughs> Heat 4, they included the car in the game without the playoffs on it. Uh, it looked amazing. Yeah. It looked so sexy. But that's me ranting about paint schemes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's Hendrick. I think, in my opinion, I think I want white numbers, but I don't know. I have to design it first because I think yellow number... Well, the thing about Ally is purple's complementary color is yellow. So, it, it works. See, I would, have, I would have never known that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Color, it, color I just, theory. <laughs> if, if Lumar has a scheme next year, it's the blue numbers if we're going to talk about... Running the whole goddamn episode on the Lumar scheme. It almost won Las Vegas, too. I was ready. It almost won Las Vegas both times this year. I... I told you when we were watching in the first Las Vegas race, mm -hmm. before the race, yeah. that if Alex Bowman won the race, I'd buy you the diecast. <laughs> like a big one. Remember Bro. that? And yeah. then he almost fucking won. Yeah. I was panicking. Your wallet said... Mm. <laughs> I was scared. Like, oh, sh shit. Yeah. I just spoke this ugly scheme into existence of winning, but then a caution came out. Yeah. But... That reminds me, I need to go to Walmart and get more diecast because now I want more diecast. <laughs> I don't need more, but I want some more. But that's enough about paint schemes. Um, more silly season news. We got so much in the last two days. A lot of pieces are starting to fill together now. Oh, for sure. So, Clint Boyer is um, effectively retiring at the end of 2020 mm -hmm. to go to the Fox Sports Cup booth which, in my opinion, is so much needed because Mike Joey and Jeff Gordon were so goddamn quiet. Like, they need a DW. They need a crackhead in the booth. And Clint Boyer is the second coming of DW. I am so excited for this. Think what you I, want about Clint Boyer, but I am, exci am excited for this. You know, I didn't realize, like, it didn't click, occur to me that he could have gone to the cup booth. When I read this i'm like oh he's gonna be in the xfinity booth all the time probably replacing michael waltrip then i read sundays i'm like oh is he replacing jeff gordon then i'm like wait no they're gonna have three guys dummies he's, he's a Waltrip <laughs> dummy so, <laughs> so I, i'm not fond of him personally but i yeah you know i was fine with the jeff gordon mike joy booth personally mm -hmm. um but you know what? Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon were hysterical together during yes, the high broadcast. Exactly. So they have such I good chemistry. Excited. I'm excited for this. I know Jackson uh, was not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> on I mean, Twitter. But um, I'm excited. I think this is going to be really fun. He's the modern day DW. He knows these cars like DW did not. Yeah, so. that's the problem. That's the main problem with DW, and also I think he was just too annoying for people. And I think that's the pushback against Clint, because a lot of people find Clint's humor to not even be funny. They're like, "Uh, Clint, like I don't know." And I understand it at some point, but I think well, a lot of Clint's humor was like, "Ooh, I drink all the time." Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but like when he's in the booth, he's just fucking funny. He is. I think. 
I and mean, like his insight is still good, and he has energy. Like, like if you look, my... if you look at like, sorry, I cut you off. If he looks at the dar, if you look at the Darlington like Xfinity finish from mm-hmm. when NASCAR came back from COVID, he was like, "Yo, look at this! Like that's just that's good energy. I love that's the best part about Fox, Mike Joy, Larry Mack, and DW. That's the best part about that trio right. that we used to have. I... They made you fucking excited." To watch NASCAR. And mm. that's what David Croft does in F1, in my opinion. David Croft delivers that energy on, like, lap one. And it's it makes it makes the beginning of the race such a big deal. It just, it's awesome. It gives you goosebumps. Um, I was I was just going to say that I saw some people say, oh, I want Jamie McMurray instead of Clint Boyer. Mm. Which, like, Jamie's really good. Yeah. But, like, we wouldn't add much to the cup booth i feel mm. he, he's basically just jeff gordon but like more boring right like, don't get me wrong yeah. he's really good in the booth but you i don't know he and jeff gordon would like be really boring i, I feel like so i don't know if they'd be boring i think it's just like again if you're gonna have two drivers i think mm-hmm. honestly in my opinion having two drivers in the booth without a crew chief is dumb like i think when they put Larry in the analyst, I was just like, eh. Like, Larry, especially because Larry knows how to deliver the energy, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I think, like, Jeff Gordon is, like, the mid, not the midway point, but, like, Jamie McMurray, he's not, like, humorous. He can be funny, but he's, like, he's very smart. I think he might be smarter than Jeff Gordon at this point. Mm, I don't know, but... He's just, like, the way he delivers stuff is better than Jeff Gordon. Because Jeff Gordon, I think, because he's been working for Fox, he's yeah. very, like, he's very kind of entertainment, like, rounded now because he's been working for Fox. Yeah. Like, some of the stuff he says, I'm just like, you're kind of fake. He feels more fake than Mike Joy. Um, I don't think Mike Joy's even that fake to begin with. But Jeff Gordon feels fake when he talks sometimes. Maybe it's just because I'm still not used to him. I don't know. But Jamie McMurray, he doesn't feel fake. He feels very genuine when he's giving insight. Yeah, I agree. So, I wish there was a place for him in the Fox booth. I wish there was a place for him in the NBC booth, because I don't think there is. I don't... That NBC booth is crammed to the brim. Oh my god. I don't... (laughs) There's too many fucking people up there. I'm fine with it, how it is. And they threw Brad Doherty up there, which I liked. But you can't... (laughs) I like when they mix it up for the Xfinity broadcast because I think Brad Doherty in the booth is actually really good. <laughs> like Brad Doherty in the booth, like they need someone that's not Rick Allen or Dave Burns to do play-by-play for Xfinity. I think um, instead of being like, "Hey Steve, can you do play-by-play?" I know you're like you're really bad at this, but <laughs> <laughs> he's not bad at it. It's just like that's not what he does. Like Steve Latar as the play-by-play. Is- always so funny whenever they do it they did it in new hampshire for the cup race one year and they put rick's ass on pit road that was was so funny it was kind of cool like i don't mind it that much it's just like weird um dale jr i think great for the nbc booth he has energy he has insight and he's fucking dale Earnhardt jr like (laughs) since since i'm obsessed with nascar or i can tell them apart but my grandma always tells me that she cannot tell a difference between jeff burton and Dale Jr. I get so. that up from my friends a lot when I'm watching NASCAR too. Um, Jeff, yeah, I like Jeff Burton. 
I if I had to if I had to vote someone off the island though it's Jeff Burton I'm sorry man he's 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 like I what well, I, 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 I he's like having a stroke up there because <laughs> 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 the booth is so crammed there's no room for them all I know so short too but Rick Allen's like two feet taller than him yeah like if I had to vote someone off the island it would be Jeff Burton but at this point yeah. I'm fine with him in it. I think him and Dale Jr. They don't really compete with each other. I feel like they kind mm. of they kind of work together, and, almost. Yeah. And not as important news regarding NBC, but they are going to be at the track the last five races of the season. <gasps> NBC will. I didn't hear about that. What? Yeah. That yeah, makes so sense. Starting this weekend at the Roval. Yeah, I mean we knew that Charlotte, was going to happen because after Charlotte, they're going to be traveling to the remaining races, which I feel is going to really improve their broadcast. I was wondering if the Roval was going to be really good because they'd be at the track again. Yeah. I I think that's a really good move for them, I think. Yeah, because I think they have suffered a lot being yeah, out of the track. It's been off. It's been really bad. Like I think we normally said NBC's coverage is better than Fox's coverage. Not this year. It's been really bad. Um, oh, it's been bad. Yeah, I think, I don't know, again, we don't know if it's because Fox got used to the iRacing and they had time to practice, or if their just technology is a bit different with the number of monitors, because they have hella monitors, I know Fox does, Yeah. I we haven't seen what the NBC guys have to work with in that Charlotte booth, we don't know, but luckily for this weekend, they will be at the track, and they'll be at the track for the rest of the, um, the what's it called, the series. Um, that'll be cool. I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be paying attention to the quality of the broadcast. I think. I mean, I think we'll be able to tell yeah. this weekend. I really do. Mm -hmm. So that'll be really good because it's been lacking. But back to Jamie McMurray and Clint Boyer in the Fox booth. I I wish there was a spot for Jamie McMurray. Um, because he again he's really good. Um, well he could just be an analyst like on the pre-race show I guess or race. Well, before the pandemic, they had him and Larry Mack together, which I thought was pretty good. For, with um, Shannon Spake on Race Hub? No, like, during the race, they would cut away to Larry and Jamie together. Oh, you're right. Like, were they in the Fox studio? And... Or something like that, yeah. yeah. with like I think they were with, like, Shannon Spake or something. Mm -hmm. Or Caitlin Vinci or whoever. Um yeah, that Larry Mack and Jamie McMurray are cool. They're cool together. They work nicely. Um, they also used to tune in to Jamie McMurray a lot. Yeah, no, I remember now. Like in the middle of the race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I know what you're talking about now. Like they wouldn't cut away to the yeah. studio, but they'd be like, like Jamie McMurray's little portrait would pop up on the screen, and then he'd be talking. Yeah, yeah. And Larry yeah. would be there too. Yeah, I think was, there's space. There's space for that. I think. Like, why not? I mean, I think I said that only, like, they only need one driver in the booth, but that doesn't mean you only need one driver on the broadcast. You know? There's... Yeah. Get, like, get different perspectives. And Jamie, I mean, let's face the facts. He's a Daytona 500 winner. Like, he's he's a Brickyard 400 champion. He's won big races. He's... Has he won the Rolex before? Yeah, I think every Ganassi driver, you have to win the Rolex at some point because <laughs> eventually you get slapped into that sure goddamn car. Um, I think to be fair to Jamie, he never really got to. I guess he was at Roush during their peak, but yeah. but I, he never really got 
to drive for a team like when they were at their peak because Ganassi, he was at Ganassi for most yeah. of the time. He, they were never at their peak when he was there. Yeah. Well, the thing and with Roush. When they, when they, they started getting up too. He was kind of declining in like his uh, ability, yeah. his age and everything. I think Roush, um, I mean, I don't know what the effect of having five cars is on the organization because McMurray always seemed like the weak link. Mm-hmm. But I will say, um, he's like a successful Trevor Bain. He's like a successful Trevor Bain. Like he, yeah, he didn't just win one big race. He won a lot of yeah, big races. I agree. He had a successful career, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you need to compete for championships to be successful in NASCAR, especially not with the playoffs. <laughs> Hell no. Mm-hmm. If I was a NASCAR <laughs> driver, I'm I'd be like, okay, I want to win Daytona, Brickyard, Charlotte, Darlington, Richmond, because that's my home track. Bristol. Yeah. Fuck the playoffs. Like, um, it is what it is. Then we got, so we know what's happening with Matt D. Um, after that heartbreak at Talladega, not winning and then getting penalized for, we'll talk about Talladega in a minute because our opinions on Talladega are very strong, but Matt D will be in the 21 car next year. After 2021 though, it will be Austin Cindric in the Wood Brothers car. So basically 2022, Next gen car, Austin Cindric will start driving full time, and apparently next year Austin Cindric will do select races in the fourth Penske car. Whether that will be the seventy seven or the O two car, whatever, I kind of hope it's the O two car because that will look a lot better than mm-hmm. plopping the seventy seven. And well, they can't though because Spire. So so Spire is giving up the seventy seven charter. I know the charters aren't aligned by car number, oh. but they are are technically leasing that charter away. So they if they don't care about their numbers, they yeah. might just get rid of the 77. I mean, they literally stole Furniture Row Racing's numbers. So <laughs> it's yeah. the same damn and, font. And Roger Penske could easily buy that number back. Yeah, if Roger Penske... He could easily do that. But I hope he doesn't, though. The O2 just looks so much better. With... There aren't any zero numbers. Like, yeah, in zero, zero through zero, nine. There aren't any anymore. Zero two would be cool. Yeah. Just because it fits with the rest of the cars. Like, yeah. Like, 2, 12, 22, and then 77. Where the hell did that come from? Like, I know they used to use the number, but, like, why did you used to use the number in the first place? It didn't make any sense. Um, I think I feel like it's going to be 77, though. I feel like it will be 77, though, just because it's Austin Cendrick's childhood number. And it was the same font as the Penske 77. Oh, really? I didn't Um, know that. So it will be 77. Yeah. I'm disappointed. We'll see. I'm we'll disappointed. See. Call me disappointed. So, with... I, I, I do want to say one more yeah. thing about Cendric, though. That is a good move to announce it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, no one's wondering what the hell's happening. Like, with Matt Benedetto. they're going to say, one year. It's like, oh, that means Cendric's coming. Like, obviously. Yeah. So, they just got it out of the way and announced it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, Matt Benedetto gets a, yet another year of auditioning for a ride. Poor Matt Benedetto. He so. is in hell. Because basically, the whole time he was driving for Go Fast, he was auditioning. And then the one year he was at Levine, and then this two year stint he has at Wood Brothers, he's always, feels like he's always auditioning. He is in hell. Like, mm-hmm. I feel bad for him. But also, the thing about Austin Cendrick staying another year in Xfinity. And, you know, Chase Briscoe, now that the 14 is open, there's talks of Chase Briscoe going to the 14 if, like, Kyle Larson doesn't, uh, which I don't think Larson's going to the 14 anyway, but 
I wonder... Mm -hmm. I think it's a good idea because I don't think you need to rush these drivers that much. Like, I think it wouldn't have hurt Christopher Bell, Cole Custer. Mm, Cole Custer, I think he was ready for Cup. Tyler Reddick, maybe, too. It wouldn't have hurt them to do another year in Xfinity, though. Um, but I think there were spots open, so they might as well move up now. Um, Austin Cindric is, like, the only one that they're not, like, rushing to Cup. Yeah. Like, out of all these drivers they had come through, like, Chase Elliott was rushed up, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these guys are rushed up. Yeah. Austin Cendrick's the first one coming to mind that wasn't really rushed up. He might be, like, if all this time and Xfinity's going to pay off, he might be a huge force once yeah. he gets to cup full-time. I mean, he's going to be in Penske, too. Penske's on top of their shit. Yeah. Um, The thing is, with Austin Cendrick, I wonder if it's because of the next-gen car coming, and that's why there's, like, that well... Too. I don't think it really matters that much, though, because... It is what it is. Like, but... Well, he doesn't have to learn the current car. Yeah. And then he's going to be able to just learn the new car right when he gets in. You know what I just realized? So the partial schedule he's running next year, how many of those are road courses? There's six road courses well, on the schedule. There's six road courses. I bet at least two of them are. Yeah, I'm I thinking bet. Daytona 500. Um, Maybe... The Brickyard, definitely the Brickyard road course. I think Penske's going to show up with all their cars there. Yeah. Um, and again, it's Austin Cindric. Maybe the... Nah, uh, well, probably not any during the Xfinity playoffs, if I had to imagine. Just so he can stay focused. Yeah. On so not the Roval. You know, I think... They'll probably get the Kansas Spring Race. They always throw in new drivers in the Kansas Spring I Race. I noticed that. Blaney, Ryan Blaney, yeah. His first part there. So... Yeah, I think the Kansas Spring Race will be one. I sure. remember that, like, for some reason. That was really cool to me. Like, when they brought the 12 car back at first. Yeah. Um, And I know Montoya. Montoya did starts at Michigan and the Brickyard. Um, yeah. He did two cup starts for Penske in the 12 car in 2014 as well. Or 2013. I don't remember what year it was. I could also see them putting Austin in the Southern... 500 too. Ooh. Because if you look at, this is a different team, but like when you look at Danica Patrick starts that yeah. her first year, like when she did a partial schedule, she did the Southern 500 too. Didn't she do the 600? Or no? I don't remember. I, she might have. I don't remember that one. I think she didn't do Martin Hill in the fall. That was David Rudiman. Yeah. Stalled on the track. Well, that was I remember a that race. 10 car. Oh, was it? Yeah. I thought it was all. I, I was thinking playoff implications. Yeah, playoff anyway. implications. God damn. Um, oh, that would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything else to say about Silly Season? We learned a lot. Ah, we did. A lot of pieces are from Linda. Well, let's think about, like, what's... N- oh, no, Daniel Suarez. And, um... Oh. Yeah, we almost forgot. The Trek House uh, team. Yeah, the 99 car. Um, Justin Marks owns the team. It's a completely new team. Um, I don't remember what charter they're buying. I think the 13? Uh, no, that's Denny they're, Hamlin. They're taking the 77. The Spire I charter. even mentioned that. They're taking the 77 charter. Okay. I even mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daniel Suarez in the 90. I, here's the cool thing about next year. I feel like I've never seen new, completely new teams comes in NASCAR with, like, big hype around them with potential to perform mid-pack. 
I feel like that never happens. There is an expense, though. They are replacing two mid-pack teams, the Levine and the Jermaine, yeah. as they're both leaving. Yeah. Um, it is horrible. So in my eyes, but... <laughs> it's not as big, but yeah, they are going to be expected. Yeah. I, I don't think track, track outs, they're saying they want to perform. I don't think they're really They were talking to, about playoffs. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about but that. But when team. you look at the Hamlin-Jordan team, I feel like that one's going to be... I feel like that one has a lot of expectations. They got hella money. Like, yeah. the hell are you going to do? Michael um, Jordan, they, they what you going to do? You got the money. Put, like... You got Bubba Wallace. You got all his money with the sponsorships. Y'all better, y'all better spend wisely. I'm just saying, because there's gonna be a lot of eyes on them next year. Um, I'm just—it's cool though. And again, as a, from a design standpoint, two new teams, two new brandings. I, ah, it's so exciting, mm-hmm. so exciting. Um, I don't know how I feel about the '99 car. And it is what it is. Track house apparently asked Carl Edwards if they could use it because. Carl's like the most well-known driver to use a 99. Carl said yes. Are you? That's what I read. Carl, I miss you. Carl Edwards, if you're listening to this, please come back. <laughs> please come home. Please come home. Gary, come home with Carl Edwards. <laughs> God, I was thinking about him last Aww. night. God. I miss I him. him. I miss him so much. NASCAR's not the same without him. I think he got the fuck out because he heard about stage racing. I was like, nope, I'm out. Y'all have fun. It- <laughs> seemed like that honestly I literally think he got that first email and he was like nope Put he went to the NASCAR headquarters next day gave him his hard card says peace the fuck out god <laughs> mm. shall I talk about, about Talladega yeah let's get talking about Talladega the elephant in the room Um, it's a little <laughs> awkward talking about it almost a week after it happened but Holy shit, it was a circus. Yeah. Absolute circus. It that was one of the worst like ra- cup race was one of the worst races I've seen. Um they just kept wrecking. The yellow line rules a disaster. Mm-hmm. Cars were dropping back to they get faster laps for qualifying. Yeah, that was really dumb. The roval. Like and NBC was just focusing on the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I took a goddamn nap. Yeah, <laughs> I, the race I lasted for five hours. Rewatched IndyCar. I should have just rewatched the IndyCar race at Indy, the mm-hmm. first one. Uh, yeah, that race was good. IndyCar but, had some really yeah, good races. This, it was just a mess. I my biggest complaint is that number one, everyone wrecked. Like, there's just too much wrecking. I don't know if it's a car issue because. Um, and we talked about this when we first recorded it, but Jackson Todd assembled a, like, some stats on, like, the trends of, like, the number of cars that are finishing at the finish of plate races. Mm-hmm. And when stage mm-hmm. racing was introduced, it took a massive dip. So, there's a chance that... Well, I also want to maybe hypothesize, I feel like from... 2015 2016 we got a lot of new drivers like yeah a lot of the a lot of the younger generation started coming through as gordon retired stewart retired biffle stopped racing um junior edwards junior edwards like uh it's i'm forgetting somebody like jamie mcmurray yeah like a lot of them just left yeah i have jimmy this year 
So I, cause there's a lot of things that could be contributed to the amount of wrecks and it might just be a case where it's all of them coming together. So we have these cars with really big spoilers in my mind that should make them more stable, but they're not. Um, I think, you know, bump drafting seems to not be as like, it never really has been safe with the gen six car, but I think now because it's much easier to lock bumpers because there's no bubble of air bump drafting is mm-hmm. more common. So now it's more common to, pump draft and spin someone out i think that might be a reason why we're seeing a lot of wrecks because before again with the gen 6 car under normal circumstances it's really hard to close that bubble of air it seems like i'm not sure why but yeah that prevented a lot of bump drafting happening and that kind of created this gridlock style of plate racing where it was more difficult to like the the pace of the race was a lot slower you know yeah now the pace of the race is really fast and it might be too fast because guys can get really good runs like really big runs um and then we get to the point where it's like okay well is this younger generation of drivers causing all of this all of these incidents my response to that is i mean maybe but like then why did clint boyer and jimmy johnson create a wreck you know or why did Mm -hmm. um eric amarola and alex bowman create an accident well that was kind of a lot of factors and we go joey logano was a hot topic sunday um, on nascar twitter um I, I made a joke about it because i was like damn this is logano causing problems again and this one dude got really offended <laughs> and i was like this is a picture of joey logano before and after i make fun of him and it's the same <laughs> picture he, that, was a, that was a good tweet like he doesn't give a fuck like, like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't give a fuck. That's literally his brand. Like, he ba- he put he basically put Truex in the wall so he can make it the Homestead. Like, th- and it won him a championship. So like, it's obviously working out for him. And obviously, no one's beat his ass well enough yet because, well, every driver has come for him at some point, and nothing's worked. So. Every- don't look Every at me. Every driver's tried to beat his ass. But, but then he runs away. Never happens. He runs. Yeah. They don't run after him. <laughs> like, damn. It... Oh, I will say a lot of my problem with Talladega is that, you know, growing up, there was always like, ooh, the big one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. now there's like, like six big ones in a race. So yeah. these races are just not special anymore. Well, special as yeah. in you never know when the wreck's going to come. But now it's like, when are they going to wreck now? It's like, like you know oh it's going to happen. They're going to wreck. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not special it's, anymore. It's not intense. It's, it's just like I'm just watching a shit show. Yeah, it's just and stupid. It's, I don't know. Like, I was saying, I'm, I'm probably not going to follow my word on it, but I was it's like, yeah, probably not going to watch another race, one of these super speedway races, mm-hmm. unless it's the Daytona 500, because it's... It's just a waste of time. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's. I don't know. Then they promote all the wrecks and stuff, and it's like it's almost like NASCAR is like you guys need to just wreck more. It'll get us more ratings. And, and then they're you, like, you know. oh, we we can't change our rules because it'll just be a mess. And it's like it is already. Is this not a mess? Yeah, and that's reference <laughs> to the yellow line rule. Because yeah, holy fuck! Like, what what are we doing? Like, 
so Denny Hamlin allegedly allegedly or not passed below the yellow line when he it was like a group of like four cars it was like Eric Jones, Matt D, William Byron and Hamlin and they were coming off turn 4 and they basically were almost wrecking like they made contact and then Hamlin swung low to avoid it. Mhm. Which in my opinion he that he didn't I don't think he like completed the pass but he started the pass under the yellow line and that's why a lot of people had have issue issue with it because you have to go back to NASCAR's like inconsistency of enforcing this rule looking at Ryan mm-hmm. Smith in 2008, mm-hmm. Justin Haley at Daytona um that one year in Xfinity. It's just like Dale Jr. in a race at Talladega. Yeah, like years ago. Like 04. Yeah. Um it's like at this point, it's not worth the drama to me. No. And I think what Hamlin did, what was he supposed to do? Like, is he supposed to, like, wreck? Because well, I NASCAR, feel... I would say, yes, they like wrecks. They The yellow line rule, especially in that situation, is putting them in a box. Like, when are you allowed to avoid a wreck to make a pass? Or to... Mm-hmm. or. When are you allowed to make a pass under there when you're avoiding a wreck? It's a big gray area, and NASCAR obviously doesn't have an answer because Regan Smith in 2008 avoided a wreck because Tony Stewart was going to get turned if he didn't go below the, the yellow line. Um, I saw a tweet saying this is what this is what NASCAR gets when their drivers abide to the yellow line rule, and, and it was a picture of Keselowski turning Edward upside down into the catch into fence. the fence and that could have so, killed somebody yeah like like that easily could have killed somebody um so no like let's let's stop it with a stupid rule you know I, it's over it's run its course drivers i mean drivers can't really police themselves obviously if they wreck five times in one race the yellow line rule in my opinion is not helping that because it's just putting them in a mm-hmm. box i think you don't need the yellow line rule. I think no driver is going to go down on the apron of the straightaway and try to make that pass, considering it's unlikely that they're going to be able to like get back in line. You know, like I think I think you'll see that happen sometimes. Like very yeah. rarely is like when you get to turn three, it's going to be back above that line, or I'm going to cause a wreck. Yeah, that'll probably happen sometimes if they get rid of the rule. But how often? I think they're smart enough to not do that. A drivers, here's the thing. Drivers, they're not... There's a certain respect when it comes to racing. You don't just do yeah. dumb shit like that. Like, people say, well, they could. And this is going to happen, theoretically. Like, no. Like, even someone like Joey Logano that really doesn't give a fuck about what his opponents think of him. He doesn't just yeah. drive it into the turn full send like that. Like, at any other track. Like... That's not a thing that happens, especially at Talladega when the drivers know wrecks can happen really easily. I think if we do see something like that happen, it's going to change. Um, all it's going to change is what happens on the final lap because that's the only thing the yellow line, the yellow line rule really affects anyway. Yeah. Like, you rarely see penalties of it in the middle of the race because most of the time it's just a fucking complete accident. Like... Like, someone probably just forced them below. Or, again, they went down there to avoid a wreck. Like, most of the time, honestly, drivers on the inside lane can just use the yellow line rule for more space. Like, they can put their wheels under it just so, like, 
they can, like, miss this guy that's, like, in the second lane that got a little loose or something, you know? Like... Yeah. That, like... They, the drivers can police themselves. I think for Daytona next year, get rid of the rule. It's over. Honestly, why don't they try it? Like, exactly. Fine. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. If we get a wreck, then we're right. Well, like, honestly, like, they're going to wreck either way. Like the wrecking everyone, issue has everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like they're wrecking either way in NASCAR. So like you're you're obviously exactly. not worried about safety. Don't act like you are. We know you're not. Like because otherwise you wouldn't be putting on Talladega. And being like, no, this is good. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and then you mentioned, like, cars dropping to the back of the field to get a better, like, yeah. fastest lap for uh, the qualifying metric. I think fastest... I mm, Well, that's the problem with super speedway and drafting racing is that getting a fastest lap is different from trying to win the race, you know? Like, yeah. you can, like, at a normal track, um, and I guess you kind of see this in F1 sometimes, you can deviate from what would win the race or be better in the race to get that fastest lap point, but normally you don't do that. Like, normally what will happen is, like, Valtteri Bottas would be in second, and he'll pit because he has, like, a 20-second gap on third, and then... Fresh tires with, like, three laps to go. He'll go get the fastest lap. Still finishes second. Um, in NASCAR, in terms of trying to get the fastest lap, it's, like, basically... It's basically just getting fresh tires after pit stops and then having clean air, like, during green flag stops. That's basically it. So, and that's kind of dumb, too, right? Cause yeah. It's very luck-based. So, I think NASCAR needs to do away with the fastest lap metric just do i think you can just do finishing position maybe include like the average of like stage finishes if you want um you could and then do um like you could maybe you could do like points earned in the race so that's including stage points you could do points earned in the race and then combine that with spot and points so it's like Basically, lining them up how they did last race with an influence of how they've been doing this whole season. That's all you yeah, need to do. Like that. And the the thing is, though, the only time this is a problem is after they leave Daytona and Talladega. Yeah. So I wonder if they shouldn't, if they wouldn't just do a rule where it's a little slightly different to accommodate Daytona yeah, and Talladega I, racing, so they won't do that. I well, I mean, I can't. I feel like getting a fastest lap at Las Vegas or Bristol can be kind of stupid because I think you might be trying to save your tires instead of trying to go for a fastest lap. Or, I mean, it's it's just because, like, the conditions to get a fastest lap, you need clean air and mm -hmm. you need... You know, the only time you have fresh tires most of the time is on a restart, so you don't have clean air. By the time you do, your tires are worn. So it's just kind of stupid. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm in the favor of just getting rid of it, um, because again, like no one races to get the fastest lap anyway. I think F1 honestly could do away with the fastest lap point. I don't think it's that necessary. It's kind of a gimmick. Because it's again, kind of just for that's just kind of for fun. I feel like yeah. The teller, fun seeing like Hamilton fastest lap. It's like well. 
shocker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like to me, it's funny. I think it's fun. I just, it's fun to see. I don't think it needs to affect the points or anything or like qualifying. Right. Um, but this is also a response to them not having single car qualifying or whatever, which they easily could do. I think in the pandemic, like maybe or maybe just do warm ups. I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm not. Like, actually, I'm not mad at the qualifying metric. I don't mind it. No, I'm not either. Yeah, like they can. I don't mind it. And they're considering a lot of one day shows next year. If they do the qualifying metric, um, personally, I think they again get rid of the fastest lap. They can. They can do that for a lot of races next year and be fine. The only thing is they need practice. They need warm-ups. Like, 30 minutes just to get, to get out. Rid of the, to get rid of the competition caution, at yeah, the very least. The competition, I mean, we talked about this on Tuesday when we first recorded it, but, like, stage one and two is basically a practice session anyway because, like, we talk about racing. NASCAR racing isn't really racing because... <laughs> yeah. Like, you watch for, like, three hours, and whatever happened basically didn't matter. It kind of mattered, but not to the extent of IndyCar, where it's, like, they go green the whole time, and what happens. Like, every moment of the race is equally important. Like, every pit stop is equally important, and it slowly builds yeah. up the picture. Whereas with NASCAR, the picture is, like, blurred, and it keeps changing every time a caution comes out. And then it just pops up when the finish happens. Like, it's just not a satisfying, like, gradual, like, okay, this is probably what's going to happen. I think this guy might win the race. It's like when you're watching a TV show and they have, like, a like a random, like, hero come out at the end to defeat the conflict that was building up for the entire season. Like, mm-hmm. it's lame. Like, it doesn't... Like, it's just like, okay, why did I just watch this whole season if it didn't mean anything? That's how I feel about watching five hours of Talladega. Like, why did I just watch all of that when nothing mattered, obviously? Well, I think the green white checkers don't help either. Like, yeah. I, I was saying, we recorded that you should just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I know it's a very, very hot take. Or at least just have one attempt at it. Because um, it, it's like, if you're... If you're you're gonna have the green white checker um you should end it under green but you know they can still end under yellow yeah. as it did in the trucks and xfinity um it's very dumb and it it's like it, all this race to happen five hours we had two attempts at this green white checker they call it overtime now like it just feels like we would just wasted more and more time mm-hmm. and i and I, and i also don't blame nbc for Cutting away from the race. Well, like, yeah, because like they but, didn't think this race would last five hours either. Like they started at a good time. Yeah, two o'clock. Early. Two o'clock. That's pretty good. I like two o'clock start times, honestly. Like that's kind of perfect. Like one o'clock's not bad either. But mm-hmm. I know if I was on the West Coast, I ain't getting up at ten o'clock. What the hell do I look like? <laughs> not on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> hell no. Um, like today, I woke up at eleven because. I'm tired because mm. school is killing me. Mm. Um, by the way, never go to college. Anyway, <laughs> anyone listening, never go to college. <laughs> I'm only slightly kidding. Um, gosh, I hate college so much. It's so dumb. I do all this work and none of it's helping me. But that I'm not here to talk about college. I'm here to talk about NASCAR. Maybe in the off season we can rant about college. 
Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen during the off season. Um, I guess we'll still be doing episodes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there'll be racing news. I mean, well, F one goes until like December, and then. Yeah, we'll be able to talk about F. Maybe we'll take like a Christmas break, like maybe two or yeah, three weeks yeah. of like. Because I know I'll be with like family or something, or I don't know. We'll, mm-hmm. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but <laughs> um, yeah, Talladega. Um, I I like super speedway racing. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's been one of my favorite types of racing for as a kid. Just seeing, I think the fact that like it's kind of an equalizer is great because you see guys like Ricky Stenhouse, Michael McDowell, um, uh, who else like. Jamie McMurray on some occasions, like guys like that. Who else is a really good plate racer that's not good anywhere else? Bye. Bye. Love, you. Love you too. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> um, that's the end of the episode. No, just uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, we'll see if I cut uh, that out. If I didn't, if I didn't, y'all got to hear that. <laughs> um, what was I talking um, about? Super speedway racing. It's it's awesome. Like drivers that don't normally perform at other it's races. Just a, it's just a shit show. But yeah, it is just a shit show. Um, but there, I as a kid, I don't know. I think it might just be nostalgia talking. But there's a place for it. I just think it needs to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, like, we don't need all these wrecks, because the winners are the same guys anyway, like Hamlin. Of course Hamlin won, Blaney's won two of the last few, and William Byron's always been pretty pretty good at plate racing, or super speedway racing, if I'm honest. Um, I think yeah. he, he won Daytona for a reason. It's like the winners are always kind of fine. It's just when you look at the rest of the order and BJ McLeod gets seventh. Like, Talladega did Tone are just entertainment. So, like, if you yeah. don't like actual racing, you just want to be entertained, then yeah, it's probably all for you. Yes. But if you want actual racing, tune into IndyCar. But, like, is it really entertainment, though? Because I'm entertained by racing. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm not entertained so, the beginning well, of the race. I, what, I, what I mean by I know what you mean. that is, like, it's just, it's just not, it's artificial entertainment. Yeah, they're just, like, it's trying to have these, like, wow factor moments. Like, oh, wow, look at this wreck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The big one. It's, that happens five times in a race now. So, yeah. the big five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, oh, it's so, it's so dumb. But, again, though, there's a place for super speedway racing, in my opinion. It, it's been done before well, I think. I mean... I don't think the the train racing, gridlocked racing that we had with the Gen 6 was the best, but mm-hmm. it at least produced somewhat interesting, like, results or, like, racing because it's, like, like that one year where only Joey Logano and Dale Jr. won the Super Speedway races, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Dale Jr. at plate races was really fun to watch in general, especially in Gen 6 because it was all about blocking he was so mm-hmm. smooth with it. So smooth. Very little did he did someone outplay him. Um and when it did happen it was pretty cool to see. So I don't know. It's hard to balance plate racing and I think it's all down to the Gen 6 car being a shit box. So uh hopefully next I mm, next gen car. I don't know what's gonna happen with plate racing. It's probably 
probably gonna be very similar. I'm sure they've got yeah. they've been testing and making sure it stays the same. Yeah, probably. Did Xfinity have a lot of wrecks? I don't remember. I don't rem remember either. But I, I don't even think I watched it. Well, that explains I, it. <laughs> I think that's why you don't remember. <laughs> I don't. Re it's been a week. I probably did watch it. I remember Justin Haley winning, but I don't. I know it ended under caution, but they always wreck at the end, so it's what it is. What it is. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I watched. I, I did watch it. I remember Justin mm -hmm. Haley winning. I was like, Justin Haley's going to win this damn I said that, race. too. Gonna, he was, like, passing him. Yeah, because that's good racing when they're kind of training, but then they break it up, and it's like this yeah. one guy is making moves. I think that's so fucking cool to me. And it's easier to pay attention to, because when they're going three by three, like, it's like, what do you look at? Like, what are you supposed to look at, you know? Yeah. I think NBC also has trouble telling you what to be looking at, because they're too busy talking about the playoffs. So... I don't know. The Roval is this weekend, though. I'm excited for that. Um, I think that IMSA is also at the Roval, so I'm going to try watch, watching an IMSA race. They are, yeah. I have a lot of trouble watching IMSA because I don't know any of the cars or drivers, and it's like four different classes, and I'm like, what I just, am I... I just, I just know the pin... Yeah. Pinsky drivers. I just know the... That, I don't even that, know all the Pinsky drivers. I just know it's like Helio... Um, doesn't Montoya... Yeah, Elio Montoya, uh, Ricky Taylor's over there. Do they drive the uh, same car, or is it two different cars? There's, there's two different cars. Oh, okay, that's why. I was like, I don't remember Montoya and Castor Nevis being the same. One of them's named Cameron, right? Dove, not Dove Cameron. Dang. I said, Dang. Dove. <laughs> I said Dang Dove Cameron. Cameron from Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Team Pinsky's Dove Cameron. It's like Ryan Newman, the child actor Ryan Newman versus race car driver Ryan oh Newman. God. Um, it is what it is. But I'm excited for the Roval. Um, in terms of the playoffs, I believe it's basically a must-win situation for everyone below the line except Kyle Busch. Now, personally, Kyle Busch sucks at the Roval, but I want to see him make it. I think Kyle Busch is... He can be the show. He can be the moment. Mm-hmm. Kyle Busch can be the shall moment. We, uh, shall we get into our picks? Yeah, so we I already made our we, picks, thank God. We already made them. <laughs> um, <laughs> just want to list them off since we have them here. Yeah. Um. So, well, shit, where are they? Um, <laughs> I scrolled up. Um, so... <laughs> I have you. We we got to fix the points. I think, but that's not important. Um, yeah, yeah. We're keeping track of points. I I think they're wrong right now. I need yeah. to fix that. But but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we get it fixed. But yeah, you have five accurate race wins. Like you've picked the race winner five times. I've picked the race winner two times. Yeah, we both picked the winners the last points, week. The like, points are going to be uh, if you get an actual win. In, you get three points not five i i'll fix that and then if you get it if you beat the other person you get one point and right now you are very far ahead in the points yeah. you're kicking my ass right now so yeah and we cannot pick the same driver anymore so no one we can't mm -hmm. just pick lewis hamilton yeah and like whoever did worse the previous week in that series gets to pick first so again it's like for f1 yes Whoever did worse can pick Lewis Hamilton because it's most likely that he'll win. Um, but, so, yeah. so like my pick. I'll just say my picks. Yeah. If you, 
Did you want to do like that? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to do Xfinity, RPX, and then Cup? I mean, R-Pix. let's do Xfinity do first. Um, okay. But I did want to mention, because last week you picked Justin Haley to win Talladega. And I, I did. Picked, I picked Denny Hamlin to win Talladega. Completely, like, I didn't even really think about it when I made the pick, and I kind of really just got lucky. You, but, like, scream. Yeah. But, like, look at us, that. though. <laughs> like, look at us. We went to the shit show track, and we got accurate. We got race wins. We did. Isn't that so cool? Look at us. We're so Who smart. Who would We're so smart. Yeah. And Justin Haley, by the way, three wins. We didn't even talk about Xfinity that much, but three wins at plate tracks this year. That is impressive. <laughs> He's won all of them. He's yeah. won all of them. Besides Daytona. Like, Noah Gregson won the opener. Oh, did he? I forgot about that. Yeah. I thought he won Daytona, too. No. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. um, <laughs> Well, they normally have three plate races a year, but mm-hmm. the Talladega race was extra. Which, by the way, I kind of hope... I mean, <laughs> I kind of like how Xfinity was there in the fall. Like, I don't know. Even though I hate... Never mind. It doesn't matter. But, so Xfinity, for the Roval, um, it seems obvious to me that there's three obvious choices. There's Austin Sendrick. Um, I believe he's run... He's He won almost every road course last year except the Roval. And I think he won the Daytona Roval this year. And Road America? He did win Road America. Um, there's Chase Briscoe. And there's AJ Allmendinger. I picked Austin Sendrick because, again, he's won a lot at road courses. But this is his ro- his worst road course in the Xfinity series. So, you know, maybe he won't win it. And I'll hand and, it off to you. And I know that Austin Sendrick was my initial pick, but you got the pick first. So mm-hmm. my second pick was AJ Allmendinger for Xfinity. So yeah. my pick is AJ Allmendinger. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be between... And then Chase Briscoe will be up there too. Yeah, I think Almondinger's been kind of getting beat at the road courses lately because he he almost won the Indy road course. Yeah, I just think Penske and Stuart Haas not only are they probably bringing a little bit better cars, but Austin Sendrick and Chase Briscoe they're in the car every week. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just kind of hard to I think get in the proper rhythm for that. So for Cup, um. For Cup, I picked Chase Elliott. Same logic I use with Austin Sendrick. He wins at the road courses a lot. He's probably going to win there again. And especially with no practice, um, I it's going to be hard to catch up to him because Chase Elliott's had the road courses covered. He's won, like, the last three straight at this point. So that's the thing. And then, then for my Cup Series pick, I wish we could have had your initial reaction because you, like, flipped out. <laughs> Um, so my pick is actually the guy who has the highest average finish of any driver um, in, the, in all the Cup Series <laughs> during the playoffs so far, um, which is Eric Jones. And what? My pick for this week is Eric Jones. What? <laughs> Eric Jones? What? Eric Jones. That Jones boy. Like, that's that? Yeah, he's been very <laughs> strong this, in the playoffs. It's really a shame he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he has been strong, honestly. Um, that stat's so funny because it reminds me of our friend Eric, also named Eric. That's a big Eric Jones fan. Yeah. Um, he always has these like very obscure Eric Jones facts and stats. <laughs> Not obscure, but it's just like 
Like, he knows, like, oh, yeah, Eric Jones is good at this track. Like, I, I his average finish is blah, blah, blah. Um, I, yeah, I, he, it could happen. Eric Jones, hey, listen, he wins. I feel like he doesn't just win boring races, like normal races. Like, he wins mm-hmm. either big races or he wins shit show races. Um, the Roval is kind of both. So, um, yeah, this will be exciting. Um, so, for and- F1... He could really, Eric Jones could really use a like a little push to get a ride for next year too. Yeah, we didn't even anything yet. We didn't even talk about like where Eric Jones still going, still going to go. I've heard there's like rumblings of um, what's his face, Ty Dillon going to the forty three or Corey LaJoy going to the forty three. It's probably Ty Dillon. I could see that. That would be so weird. Both Dillon brothers and the three and the forty three. But. That would be that's gonna be really weird. Um, well, for F one, our picks aren't surprising yeah. by any means. Um, so they're going to Germany this weekend at the Nurburgring, uh, which is cool. I heard though for both the Roval, the Charlotte Roval and Nurburgring, there's possibilities of raining, and I didn't realize this till after we made the picks. So there's an e- easy chance that everything could get shaken up. Um, although honestly, I feel like Austin Cindric's pretty decent in terms of on the rain mm-hmm. so i mean he did it um daytona was it rained so but anyways i picked valtteri well, i think you got to pick first and you picked lewis i did pick lewis hamilton yeah that is i got the pick first yeah sorry i just was like here's alex's pick like <laughs> <laughs> so i picked valtteri um but uh, if I could change it, I'd probably say Max Verstappen, just because he's. Re- I know he's pretty decent in the rain. So yeah. Um, and Valtteri, I feel like Valtteri. There's just so many opportunities for him to get fucked this weekend, even though he did just win Russia. Um, yeah. But well, we will see what happens, and that's that. Hopefully, the recording sounds good. Yeah, it, it good. should be. You all- put this picture of Joseph Newgarden. You put this picture of Joseph New. Garden, the race winner at Harvest GP race one at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just saying. Um, you put this picture in here saying, keeping this for good luck. And he did, then the recording died. So hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, this sounds good this time. Yeah. Um, Joseph, still, by the way, props to him keeping this championship battle alive in IndyCar. Oh, man. He's bringing it I'm... down to the end. It probably won't happen, but I'm hyped. If it does, though, if it does happen, it'll be his third championship in four years, and it would be a huge comeback. Like, Scott Dixon, if he somehow loses this championship, here's the thing about Scott Dixon. He has to keep it clean at St. Pete. He has to, because Joseph's good at St. Pete, I think. He just has to finish ninth. Scott Dixon finishes ninth. He wins a championship. But like that's not a guarantee. He's he finished like 11th. He finished eighth lately. He's finished yeah. eighth at Indianapolis or something. So like, if Joseph wins, and Scott has an ounce of bad luck, like, God, imagine if it rained. Oh God. Like I feel like this could be a really good championship finale. Um, and I'm excited. I love IndyCar. I so love much. IndyCar's championship battles are the best. Their marketing and their schedule sucks ass, but the racing and the championship always really good. So excited for that. My best friend, Joseph Newgarden, my second best friend, Mr. Dreamy Zach. <laughs> um, I gotta say, 
Uh, Joseph liked my tweet again yesterday, so he and I are still big buddies. What tweet? <laughs> oh, the orange cone tweeted out a thing. What's your favorite racing hat you own? So uh -oh. I t tweeted a uh, my uh -oh. hat of Joseph, and he liked it like right away. Oh, he got your notifications on. <laughs> I got his notifications on. Even though half his tweets are just like promo tweets. Good for him, though. Get that coin. Yeah, get that coin. Get that coin, girl. Um. Well, anyway, I just wanted to mention the Joseph keeping this here for good luck. I thought that was really funny. But yeah, so that's all we got to talk about, I believe. Um, We're gay. We have a podcast. This is episode five. <laughs> yeah, I Thank mentioned. Thank you for listening. I told. So I got asked a question in um. Oh yeah. In my class about. Yeah, talk about that. Like, what was it called? It's like uh, we had a guest speaker. It's my like um art education for people with disabilities class, and it's um we had a guest speaker and. She asked us, like, what do we do to uh, for, like, adv advocacy for, like, change or something? I'm like, or, like, what do we advocate for? And I mentioned this podcast. I'm like, well, I created a podcast. Or I said I was a passionate about, like, diversity in media and motorsports. Um, mm -hmm. And so I mentioned this podcast and how, like, I wanted to kind of promote a conversation about gay people in racing. Because... It does, and well, diversity in general, because I don't think there's not enough people of color in racing. There's not enough gay people. There's no gay people on racing. It feels like, like mm -hmm. I can't name a gay race car driver at all. Isn't that sad? It is sad. I can't name a single gay race car driver. I've heard of one before, but I don't remember what his name is. And it's mm -hmm. not like he races on like my TV. Like, doesn't that fucking <laughs> yeah, suck? Yeah. God damn it. it! It does suck. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I had to drink water. Um. Wow. But yeah, like, there's just so I I feel like this podcast is kind of me. Um, on most of the time, exporting like what I kind of like me advocating for more diversity in motorsports. I didn't say that very well, but I, I don't know. And I think most, I mean, we don't talk about diversity all the time on this podcast because I mean, you know, we spend a lot of time discussing, um, mm -hmm. about just what happened over the weekend. And I mean, that's, that is what it is. Um, you know, not every podcast completely just talks about what they're here to do, obviously, but yeah, we mentioned Kyle Larson a bit today, next episode, potentially we're going to be talking about him a lot and what it means for him to come back to the sport if that does happen. I feel like by next Thursday too, we're gonna have um we're gonna have like news on him, it feels like. Just feels like it's building it, up. It it's coming soon. This his like story not story, but like his letter, whatever he he posted I think it was just a preface to the announcement. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And them announcing Bowman, mm -hmm. it's coming together. Yeah, it's coming. It's, it's making sense. Because um, I feel like if Brad Kozlowski, or, well, we know he wouldn't be going to the 48, but if it was like maybe even Eric Jones. Well, I don't know. I feel like Ally wanted Bowman anyways, because, like, it's Bowman. He has a big fan base. Yeah. Um, 
Eric Jones, even Brad Keselowski, they wouldn't have had a big fan base if they were options on the table. Um, again, yeah. I know Keselowski's in the two car for next year. It's just I just remembered yesterday how we thought he was going to the 48, and that was just really funny. Um, but girl, that's, that's that. We could talk for hours. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap <laughs> it up. I was trying to get to it. Um, but yeah, no, you're good. We're hopefully y'all hear this today on Friday. I'm gonna export this, and then I'm gonna drown in schoolwork. I want to play NASCAR Heat or something, but <laughs> I'm drowning. <laughs> I hate school. I hate it so much. But, yep, those, that, that's my closing words. I hate school. Have a good weekend. <laughs> See you next week. Um, but, yeah, that's all we have to say. Follow me on Twitter at DreamyZachRacing. Zach with a K, racing without the G. You can follow me on Twitter at Newgaden. It's New Garden, just a Y instead of an R in it. Yeah. At of New Garden, you should follow me. Yeah, I'm still trying to decide how to rebrand my Twitter accounts, but that's if I call, if I talk about that, it's going to be another half hour, so I'm not going to talk. We can about talk it. about it after you end the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, now I got to do schoolwork. I got to go. <laughs> Damn. Um, but yeah, I um, hope everyone has a good weekend. Enjoy watching the Roval. I know I will. Um, hopefully it's not too much of I a will. shit show. Because I love road course racing, even though stages kind of ruin it. Um, I hope IndyCar goes there one day. But, again, off topic. Um, Y'all have a good weekend. Stay safe in this scary world that we're living in. And see y'all be next sure to week. Vote. Oh, be sure yeah. to vote. I gotta vote, right. like, this weekend. <laughs> while I'm home. <laughs> I might next week, because I might be home next week too. But, yeah, I'm gonna vote. Um, before next weekend, at least. So, I'm voting on election day. Boomer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. <laughs> y'all have a good weekend. Bye.